0: BLOB TALK RADIO FT SPORTS PODCAST Good evening
1: March 22nd, 2018 C. Davis In the studio, as always, Facebook Live will be up here shortly. The gentlemen, the fellas, the crew, the squad, my brothers will be here momentarily. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Um, Got a great show lined up for everybody tonight, man. It's going to be a great one. Um, Hopefully, I don't sound like I'm in a tunnel or in the bathroom this time. We'll see what McGriff has to say about it. Uh, But we got a good show lined up, man. Before we get started, I was on Frat House Sports, uh, as I always do weekly 7 uh, 7 p.m. to 9 before we come on the air here on FT Sports Podcast. And we've been yelling and screaming at each other about the NFL draft, LeBron James. I kid you not, as many times as I've been on this show, I have never gotten this panel as angry as I got them this week. And they literally was just cussing at me. It was was great radio. If you want to listen to the show, Frat House Sports on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night before we come on the air, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I am joined by B. Ellis and Mr. Aaron McGriff. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, full cool names out here, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. I'm sorry. McGriff? <laughs> what up, though? What up, though? Um, How you feeling, man? Do I do I huh? sound like I'm in the bathroom and I'm, am I in a porta potty tonight? Nah, man, you said you sound free and clear, man. I'm glad you got uh whatever stomach bug was afflicting you <laughs> taken care of. Uh I'm happy hey, that no you're dope. not uh, Yeah, I mean we've all uh, uh been been uh affected by that bug at one time or the other. So uh yeah. So um I'm glad that we're not sponsored by Kohler, uh the bowl of oh sophistication this week. Uh yeah. This man. <laughs> well, what what he said uh, a, lot, yeah, lot yeah, clearer, yeah. <laughs> a lot clearer lot of a sound for you right now So, it's much pre- appreciated pre- Appreciate it mm-hmm. 646 668 is the number Gentlemen, what's going on this week, man? Any highlights before we get into some sports? we waiting on TV to get, get into the room uh, Any highlights, man? What's going on? You mean like non-sport uh, related highlights? It could be non-sports related I know, McGriff, you're doing kickboxing now yeah man uh yeah uh nobody told me that jumping rope was hard um I remember as it is like, <laughs> you jump rope all day, and you know you could just be going and going and going and like you wouldn't trip yourself up you know what i'm saying it was just it was it was easy but uh jump roping in your thirties is 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 not uh yeah it's um uh uh-huh. jump yeah, rope yeah. in your thirties jump roping in your thirties is not jump roping in your uh your your single digit at all. Fair enough. You you learn to humble yourself real quickly, you know. Yeah. So, have you seen the the effects of uh, kickboxing? I I know I was doing it for three weeks straight. Saw they started seeing the effects like immediately. Um, Same results. Yeah, man. Well, y'all know um, I was going crazy last week. I don't know what was going on in my head, but I I was going to kickboxing and leaving the kickboxing and spending like an hour and a half or two hours in the gym. So. yeah, I lost 12 pounds last week. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Feel good, uh, man. Ellis even told me I, I told me I look different uh, when I saw him the other day. He did. So, uh, he did. Yeah. yeah. Nice, man. In fact, I, see I will be uh, of uh, be in the gym um, at the conclusion of this show. So, uh, nice. yeah. Okay. All right, man. All right, got out there getting the grind on, brother. I feel you, Mr. Ellis. Yeah, man. Summer's in, coming, in man. Summer's coming. We summer is, come. summer is coming. Summer is coming. Summer is single. Single, ready to mingle for all of our uh, lady <laughs> listeners out there. Oh my God, my man. <laughs> oh yeah. Keep keeping it alive for the culture. That that that's all that matters. <laughs> that's that's what matters. Mr. Ellis, I'm anything job, on please. your end, sir? Are you good? I'm doing well, man. Uh, they busy with work. Uh prayers to the uh you know, part of the Ellis family, my brother's uh wife uh, has she's burying her grandfather tomorrow. So went and paid condolences to him today, uh during the viewing. Uh so not to you know of the move, but that's that's just what's happening within the family. But other than that, uh in the sports world, uh look forward to having this conversation tonight with you gentlemen. So all is well this way. Awesome. Well let's kick it off, man. Condolences to the family for sure. Um, didn't know that was going on. So definitely, would give my my best to the family. Um, let's take a different mm-hmm. twist here because we got a lineup. We we're going to get into the March Madness. A lot's going on. Michigan is looking absolutely dominant against Texas A and M right now, which I didn't think that was going mm-hmm. to happen considering the bigs that Texas A and M have. Um, the game. I mean, this the squad. Loyola Chicago. Um, if you never believed in the team of destiny, I think you should really start to wrap your your, your hands around them now. As we're on the air. It's 66-64 right now. They're up by two. Nevada was whooping on them earlier on, and they just picked up Storm in the second half. So we'll see the conclusion of this game. We'll give you the results. Um, I want to talk NFL. I want to kind of get into the NFL mood here, fellas, because McGriff, a trade happened just recently. The Colts,
0: Uh probably
1: uh the most irrelevant franchise from this past season, made a trade. Mm -hmm gave up several mm-hmm. draft picks and gave them to the Jets. The Jets now will draft number three. So we have Cleveland drafting one, the Jets drafting two, and the, um, I mean, uh, the Giants drafting two, and the Jets drafting three. We got into an mm-hmm. argument on Fred House about giving up so many draft picks and doing it so early before the draft. But my position is if you know who you want, and Cleveland, mind you, I believe they draft fourth. If you know who you want and you even have an option, a number two option, if you're in jeopardy of not getting it at six, then give up the farm to get the guy you want. Well, mm-hmm. the guys had a different opinion. What's your thoughts on drafting or positioning yourself too early in the, uh, before the draft and then giving up so much in a draft for one player? Uh, I mean, it it, it kind of shows like you're uh... – your status as an organization when you do things like that and make dumb decisions. I mean, uh,
0: yeah. So you think that's dumb? Uh, we,
1: you, you think the Colts yeah, I mean, did I absolutely? I think, okay. Like the Colts have a long way to go and a lot of building to do before they can become a revelant team again. Um, I don't think Tony Duncan will ever come back and coach him again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, true. they have a long way to go. And putting all your eggs in one basket and thinking that, one player is gonna be a saver, so betting the whole farm on that is uh not a very good decision. And uh you should also, you know, get somebody on your team that's not historically known for dropping balls and even though he's uh, very excited to be with the team that appreciates them now. Uh yeah. You well, know shout, what out to Eric Ebron. <laughs> shout, shout out to Eric Ebron. Shout out to Eric Ebron. Ebron. I mean this I is just, the Eric yeah. Ebron I saw at training camp last year that would not sign any kid's autograph. He came over and signed one kid's autograph that was pre-selected by some other dude that was with him. And as the other kids were screaming his name, he stood five feet from them with his back turned and refused to even acknowledge their existence. He didn't sign a kid's autograph? I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I'm... No. Like, he's like, he, he standing five feet away from all these kids are screaming his name, just trying to get an autograph or a handshake or something. And he just had his back turned to them like they weren't even there. I'm just like, wow. Wow. Shout out to, to uh, Big Play, Play though, because he signed autographs the whole time. They're interacting with everybody. T- TV, I, we, we started off the show just a little hey, different... David. One or two. What's good, McGriff? Not much, brother. One or two. All right. (laughs) Got (laughs) it. Wanted to get your thoughts real fast (laughs) because the Jets absolutely gave up everything to get in position to get one or or maybe the guy that they were looking for in the draft. And we were on a debating conversation on Frat House, and I, I was, I'm kind of on the side of you do what you have to do to position yourself to get the guy that you want. But – Others were like totally against giving up three to four draft picks and doing so. I feel like the Jets can if they get a running back, they can win. They get Saquon Barkley if he falls. If they get a quarterback, they win. They're gonna get what they want at three versus if they would have drafted at six. A lot of people don't agree with that. How do you feel about what the Jets did just recently in in this in this trade, which all points all signs point to them getting a quarterback? Um I don't, I don't have, I don't have an issue with, with what the Jets did. I mean, clearly it shows what they're trying to do, and that's trying to, uh, um, you know, pretty much start all over, but also find that, find that, that, uh, that piece that's going to be the cornerstone of their franchise. Um, I wouldn't, with the pick that they, you know, getting that high pick, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go after a Saquon Barkley. I mean, again, they're they're having quarterback issues as we speak. So if I'm the Jets. I would take whatever, whichever is the best quarterback available. With that, you know, when your pick comes around, because again, it's about having that quarterback that can lead you, lead you not only to just division wins, but also deep playoff run and possibly uh, Super Bowl, one, Super Bowl run. And throughout the years of the NFL, the past twenty plus years or so, twenty five, twenty five plus years, um, you notice you got, you have to have that quarterback. You have to have that franchise player that's going to. Uh, be, the, be the turnaround of your franchise. So, Saquon Barkley is a, is a, is probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, player in the draft. But you typically don't build around a running back. You know, this is a quarterback-driven league, so you go after a quarterback. Okay. Given yeah, the landscape of quarterbacks, well, I had a question for TV, then I can respond to that. Given the landscape of quarterbacks that you're you're looking to draft this year, I mean, do you do you see them being ideal, and do you see them being uh, placed above a kind of a once a once in a lifetime kind of back, so to speak, with uh, Saquon? So, what, what's your thoughts on that in regards to the overall draft class of quarterbacks? Because they, in my opinion, they're all pretty pedestrian. I mean. I guess I'll will say it's, it's it's not the greatest quarterback class coming into the coming into the uh, the league or in the draft, but at the same time I think you have a good option of quarterbacks to where they can be some game changers, and I keep hearing about Saquon Barkley and what he did at the at his you know during the um, doing the combine, but at the same time, you know you don't I just for me you you just don't take a you just don't take a Saquon Saquon Barkley because you know hey he's the best. Quarterback. Best player or the best running back in the draft. You know you got to go on based on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. I mean, mm-hmm. every most of the teams that have been successful in the league, they don't draft for the best player available. They draft based on what their what what type of team they are. You know, if you have got the Pittsburgh Steelers, most times they're going after a linebacker or so because you know Pittsburgh is known for their defense. Or if it's the New England Patriots, it's based on okay that what can that player be a two way player. Um, you can look at uh, other teams like i'm sure i think like, like the Green Bay Packers you know offensively you know they like to go after receivers or tight end or so or offensive linemen. so it all depends on on, on your makeup of your of your team, but no, mm-hmm. it's not the greatest q b draft class, but I think it's one that you know it's a few it's a i'll say it's, it's a few studs in there the last first round draft pick that they picked at quarterback was mark sanchez i thought that Rex Ryan ruined Mark Sanchez. I mean, he is who he is, but I feel he, like he could have been much better than playing under Rex Ryan and what he was. But that's that's just my opinion. Go ahead, Beals. What you think? Um, I think that the the Jets um, potentially trying to try to move up or was it the Colts are moving up, right? No, the
0: Jets have the, the moved Colts up.
1: actually gave up there. So, I mean, I think the Jets are making the right move because the Jets have actually showed signs of progression. They got a good coach in Ty Bowles, so the defense has been pretty solid. Offensively, they've been challenged. Uh, so I think they are a few pieces away, and for them to move up, I say you do it. Now, I can't really understand what Indiana, Indianapolis would be up to considering that they have questions at the offensive line, the running back position, the quarterback position, you know, with, you know, with all respect going to Luck. But that team is just depleted. So to give up multiple uh, draft picks, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what their what their thoughts are in doing so. Uh, but the Jets, I can see the level of urgency to be able to do uh, move up, considering that Bowles is coaching for his job this year, um, and they, you know his team has shown signs uh, that they're willing to play play football for him. So I think that's you know that being said, they're making the right decision to try to try to uh, secure some of the talent that they're that they're surveying in this draft. But the defense. For the Colts, is much worse than the offense. I mean, they did. They their wasn't as good as too, Chris. They're, that's well, why their, no, they, is, their quarterback is injured every year. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously the offensive line definitely needs needs help. But you could say that about the you could say that about the Giants, big time for sure. Uh, Arizona well, for that's sure. Why, I mean, so a lot of teams with yeah. offensive line problems. Yeah, you you watched the Giants collapse last year. I mean, they had a decent them. defense and. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I, we say that to say that, yeah, I mean, that they have to address that, uh, the coach especially, because their quarterback has been injured every year. So, I mean, you know, year over year, it doesn't appear that they're addressing that. So, But, yeah, I, I hear you on that. That offensive line is everything. You see the, the level of success that Dallas had when they actually spent time uh, building their offensive line. They actually went pretty low um, in the draft for quarterback status in regards to uh, Dak Prescott, and then they went high. I think number, what number number four overall for Zeke Elliott, and you fit right into that system having that offensive line there. So, I mean, to kind of go back to you know say Clown Barkley, if you have got an offensive line and he's the most talented player, you you might want to consider that if you have the means to be able to support his skill set. Which you know I I don't know if the I mean I definitely don't think the Colts or the Jets really have that going for themselves. Yeah, I see the Jets Florida, going after Florida Mika. That yeah, TV. I see uh, Mika Fix Patrick going to to the Colts. I see them. They've always loved drafting a free safety or, or safety of some sort. And one of the best is coming out. Mika Fitzpatrick from, from Alabama. I see them going in that direction. I mean, given up so many draft picks, the jets doing and allowing the Colts to build. I mean, they can go in so many different directions. Would you agree? Yeah, there's multiple, there's multiple directions the Colts go in and that's a good point. Um, as far as, you know, their defense has been, I mean, it's it's been up and down the past couple of seasons. I mean, if I recall, you know, when the Lions had to open up on the road against the Colts, I mean, I think they lost, what, two or three players in yeah. that game um, for X amount of games or probably for the remainder of the season. So, yeah, you you can go multiple ways. And then, with the, you know, with the new coach in Indianapolis, it's just a matter of it's – going, it's going to – you got to – first of all, you got to give this coach some time to build. You got to give him some time to build. And second, it's just a matter of, okay, do you focus on offensive side? We focus on the offensive side. So we build up this line, and then from there build up, build up the weapons? Because again, right. you still have Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck has been Andrew Luck since what 20 we could say what twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. So yeah. again, we, his 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 status is unknown as far as if he's going to be back to the player he once was, or you could build on the defensive side, to where yeah, your 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 offense is going to be it's going to be challenged, but at least you have a defense that can keep you in games, that can keep you competitive. So it's just a matter of you know, which direction you want to go a Mink and Fitzpatrick. That would be a nice fit. I mean, especially what he's, what he's done at Alabama. So I don't know, man. I, I look forward to seeing what these teams do come draft time, man. But, um, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. It'll be interesting. And I probably am more excited about this draft than, than recent years because of all the possibilities. And, it's top heavy. I mean, we're going to see what happens. We will definitely see what happens. Um, a game that just went final, gentlemen. Let's get on topic here March Madness. Um, Lilola <clears throat> Chicago
0: has now advanced
1: to, yes, to the Elite Eight. <laughs> Being down against Nevada early on in this game and coming back and winning by one point. They somehow, some way, have found their way to the elite eight. Now, I asked this question in kindness, and I'm going to give you guys a, a, an interesting fact because I don't know if you paid attention to this. Michigan State and Michigan, Michigan beat them multiple times in the regular season and in the um, Big Ten conference champion uh, conference uh, tournament to be the conference champion against Purdue. They both are number three in their respective uh, brackets. One is in the West. One is in the uh, Midwest. Michigan State somehow found themselves in the Midwest here in Detroit and got bounced by Syracuse, which we'll talk about in a minute. And Michigan found themselves all the way on the other side of the country in Boise playing as a number three. But they were better than Michigan State. Maybe not overall schedule, but overall head-to-head. I asked this question in respect to, to, to you guys. When you see upsets like this, do you blame seeding or is this just overall basketball and this is good for the sport? Um, I think it's overall good for the sport. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's as far as seeding goes in a tournament where it's one and done anyway, I don't – I mean, of course it has a factor, but I I just personally think that, you know, if you're – you know, you, any, any game you can lose and on the flip side of any game you can win if you're prepared – and you're you're focused on on you know making sure you and your team are in sync, and and are you know pretty much prepared to play defense. Most of these games has been, in my opinion, the stronger defensive clubs have have, have won. You know even with Syracuse, it was a low scoring game. It couldn't score worth anything, but they they pretty much clamped down, and it was poor decision making yeah. from Izzo, and it cost the team the the game. So I, I don't know. I it just seems like the, the teams that are willing to play defense and have that energy. You know, you have you have a chance of winning, and that's that's good for the good for the game. Um, so I, I would say it's more so that than a, than a seeding situation, uh, in, in my opinion. McGriff TV, what you guys think? Um,
0: I, I would I would have
1: to actually have to agree with Ellis. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely mix it up, like. We've been complaining for years about how rigged the system is and how the games aren't good, and you know uh I'm, I'm i'm all for it like uh let's see something different and you see the uh the results of it like we're seeing an amazing Michigan team um dominate, and we're seeing a not so amazing Michigan team uh in Michigan state being exactly where they what they should be so uh yeah for well I'm it it wrong well, when you say where they need to be, though, Michigan State was considered to be the heavy favorite, and uh, I mean that seems to be the case every year. And I don't know, man. We, I'm starting to have questions regarding, you know, coaching. Um, you know, oh, you yeah, got, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're they re, they're where they. Yeah. Need, I'm saying they're where they need to be, as in not playing right now. Okay, gotcha. And you now, you're talking about based yeah. off of coaching or talent?
0: I'm
1: well. I, it's based off of multiple things, but <laughs> I definitely. I, it's basically yeah, exactly the result, but I definitely think um
0: Izzo time is uh is is up. Okay. So um, I, I
1: think
0: it's
1: I think it's I think it's a combination of both. Um so and then with this what I'll say this, with the seating, it, it, it depends on certain programs because sometimes certain programs get the benefit of the doubt based on past accomplishments um i believe it was like 2010 no like 2011 2012 where michigan state was on the verge of uh of their NCAA tournament appearance being streak being broken and they had like one the, you know they they had a solid year but it wasn't a year where they actually deserved to be in the tournament and somehow some way they managed to get in i think they were like a they were a double double digit seed but they lost in the first round but with that being said sometimes a, a program that's struggling but ends up having some solid, some solid success during regular season, get seen some most time based off past success, but um, but also you got to look at you got to look at today's game where most of these players. I mean, if, let's just take the Virginia and the um, the Maryland Baltimore uh, game that happened. Well, most of these players have played against each other before. I mean, they see each other in AAU, we see each other in, in, in summer uh, tournaments, whatever. So. The, the competition is actually getting better, and it's funny because last Thursday when the tournament kicked off, I told the gentleman, "I said you're going to see a 16 seed be the number one seed." And the reason why I said it because the the, the talent gap is not as wide as it used to be. And then look what happened. You know, the number one team, Virginia. I, you know, I believe Virginia was the number one overall team, if I'm not mistaken. They were the number one, one overall. Different. But, but did down. you see that happen in OTV? Yeah. Did you see Virginia losing though? Because I agree with you. I thought maybe Kansas was gonna be the team to lose against Penn, but I didn't see Virginia going down. I don't think any I don't think anybody saw Virginia, Virginia going down like that because the past what three three to five years, I mean Virginia's always been that team where it's pretty much a grinded a grinded out team. I mean you could have a five you could have a five point lead, uh or Virginia Jake had a five point lead over you, but it it always felt like a twenty point lead because of the way their aggressive style on defense. Right, but yeah. no, nobody saw Virginia losing <clears throat> losing like that. I mean, I would expect a Kansas team to probably lose to a 16 seed because you know Kansas always been known to have all this talent, but you know they struggle to get out the you know the first week the first weekend of the tournament lately. But that's just that's just my observation. But uh, it's just it's just a combination of a lot of things. I mean, it's know, I the Michigan State and Syracuse game. I mean, that game was just the game was just ugly. I mean. Michigan State couldn't do anything against a 2-3 against zone. And what's sad, Izzo has, played, has went up against a 2-3 zone yeah. a million times. Yeah, they don't use a zone a lot in the Big Ten, but I'm pretty sure he's, 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 his teams have matched up against other teams that's run a 2-3 zone. I mean, a 2-3 zone is basically just picking your spots and being able to hit your shots. That's all it is. And one of the weaknesses about, playing, about a 2-3 zone is you can actually get more offensive boards against a 2-3 zone, which Michigan State was able to do. So I uh, <laughs> it's again it's it's just a combination of things, man, when it comes to this tournament. But, you know, I'm glad to see it's it's, it's good to see a sixteenth seed, you know, finally yeah. triumph over number one seed in, in men's basketball. Now women's basketball uh it's actually oh, happened before. Yeah. So hey, we got it, got just gotta give credit where credit's due, man. So you mentioned a couple of things. So I'll say this one in one in, one win to 135 losses, a 16 seed to a number one seed. Syracuse has won the last five meetings against Michigan State. Probably the biggest number of all. This is what the 2-3 zone did to this team, gentlemen. Michigan State was 17-66 and 66 overall shooting, which included 8-37 and 37 at the three-point three shot. Free throws won this game for Syracuse. at the arc, which we can't say that in a lot of the games that we saw last week, gentlemen, because there was a lot of games where free throws didn't win the game. Michigan should not be playing tonight or should not be advancing to the Elite Eight, which by all accounts, it looks like they're going to do if Houston just would have hit their free throws. So we see this at the college ranks, gentlemen, and and Ellis, primarily you because you watch a lot of NBA but we see a lot of this now where there's a missed free throw, a miss free throw across the game. Are we surprised that we see this at the pro rank? Because, I mean, we see tons of this in college. No, you're not surprised to see it at the pro rank because, I mean, considering the fact that most of these players are going straight into the NBA with some of these deficiencies in their game, it's just more so being further highlighted in, in the game. I mean, one of the biggest examples would be uh, Ben Simmons right now. Overall, amazing talent, you know, highly regarded top draft pick and that dude can't shoot worth the lick i think he's shooting at about 50 percent and i mean it's pretty much they don't care they're bypassing it uh they're getting past, a lot of the fundamentals are not being fully developed and we know this based off of the one and done scenario so no i'm not surprised you that you're seeing this carry over into uh the the nba uh level and uh, you know unfortunately too a lot of these big guys they're 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 finding their way out of the NBA too, um, based off of not developing some of those skill sets, and then ultimately just the way the sport is going. It's a more fast-paced, up and down game. You know, right. the big man itself is phasing out, so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be become continue to become less and less valuable, especially if they can't even hit a free throw because they're gonna even be more of a liability to be out on the on the court anyway. And you're seeing that happen too right now. So, you know, you 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 got to be able to shoot free throws. You got in in the league itself, in the direction it's going. You got to be able to shoot. And by shoot, I mean mid-range, long-range, and free throws. So I mean, uh, your most successful this, players outside of ahead. LeBron James right now have that skill set. We've seen the free, the plague of the free throw. I think we saw last weekend. It, it was no more evident than in, in that Houston game. But McGriff, I, I gotta, I, I only bring this up to you because I feel like you can make this a joke.
0: <laughs>
1: Ohio State, Xavier, Cincinnati, Marshall. No, was, was Marshall? No, Marshall's not in Ohio. What am I thinking? Okay, just three of those teams. That's right. All those teams in the state. Say that again? That's West Virginia, Marshall. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, I, my bad. <laughs> all three of those teams, though, in the state of Ohio, represented very well. Um, and all top, you know, pretty good seeding overall, I would say. Ohio State was five. Uh, Cincinnati was two. Xavier was one. They all lost mm-hmm. in the first weekend. The state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen that before.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 mean, anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, yeah. know what to ask.
1: It's just go. Hey, uh, ball don't lie. Um, you know, uh, karma karma is something else. You know, everything that goes round comes round. You know, and uh, Ohio has to be better at something uh, every year, and we all know that. The roads in Ohio are better than they are in Michigan. So, hey, you guys can have the roads this year, and we'll have the basketball. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. TV, any other surprises from the tournament? Obviously, Virginia's a huge one. Um, for me, Cincinnati giving up that monstrously that they had um, over Nevada and just absolutely losing that game and stretch It's probably the biggest thing for me. My biggest takeaway from the tournament thus far, because Cincinnati had that game won, and they just gave it away. Uh, Biggest surprise? Um, I would have to say, honestly, I say my biggest surprise would be the Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I thought they were arguably one of the best defensive teams going into the tournament, and. You know, for, for them for them to lose in the first week of the tournament is I, I was I was taken aback by that man. I mean, I, I watched them during the um, what's at the American Athletic Conference tournament, and yeah. and also and also and also I, I want to say uh, Houston as well, but I um, will have to I have to say Cincinnati. And sec, I'll say I'll say Houston second because I felt like Houston would have po- posed a threat if they would have beaten Michigan. And the score that they had, man, I, I, he he has. I like his game. It was just a couple of times where it, it, it was, he was overdoing it. He was overdoing it. And outside of free throws, I think that's what cost them that game against Michigan. Because that that game between Houston and Michigan, I think I thought it was evenly matched. I mean, they each took away what each you know each what they like to do offensively, so they forced them to do things that they were uncomfortable doing. But they, but Michigan still managed to you know. Make like the most out of it, of course, with the game won by Jordan Poole. But um, I just have to say, Cincinnati, man, and it seems like every year, the past, well, well, you say past five, six years, it seems like either Cincinnati and Xavier. You expect them to to at least make yeah. it to the Elite Eight or so, and yeah. then for them, and then it's, it's just it's, it's it's always like a disappointing uh, weekend, you know. But Ohio State, I'm yeah. kind of not surprised about that. I mean, they were good in, the, in the, you know during the regular season of the Big Ten, but. They deserve. They deserve to be where they are right now, and that's on the couch. It's interesting that a lot of people were saying that the Big Twelve was the best conference in college basketball this season. I was. I was one of them, but they don't have too many teams left in in this in this uh this tournament. Michigan doesn't. Michigan is the only Big Ten team remaining, along with Purdue, I believe. Uh, is Purdue still in it? Wait a minute. Purdue still in it. Purdue. plays Purdue still in it. Okay, Michigan and Purdue are still in it. And Kansas and Texas Texas Tech is still remaining in the Big Twelve. So Ellis,
0: um, don't forget you got you got Kansas State. Don't
1: forget you got Kansas State, Kansas, Kansas yeah. Texas Tech and West Virginia. Forgot about West Virginia. That's how that's how low key they've been playing. They they actually been playing very well. Villanova is the best team right now, still standing, right? Oh. I oh, I don't know, man. I I, I got a feeling West, that West Virginia press is is going to give uh, Villanova some problems, man. Um, I, I don't know. I think honestly, you could say the winner of that game was definitely going going to represent you know represent that region of Final Four, but I just feel like I don't know. I, I don't really I don't really trust this Villanova team. I mean, they got the point guard and um, Jalen Brunson. I mean, one of the key things when when this tournament is having a solid point guard play, but I just feel like West Virginia's defense. Especially that press, or as they would like to refer West Virginia to as a uh, uh, Press Virginia. I just think, um, I just think, I think West Virginia may actually get Villanova, come, you know, tomorrow. That's an interesting one. Two classic defenses in West Virginia and Syracuse still remaining, and Syracuse played in. This is the second time, ladies and gentlemen, Syracuse had to play into the tournament, and they are in the Sweet 16. The last time they did it, I, bel- I correct me if I'm wrong, TV. They went to the. They went to the national championship game, didn't they? The last time they, they made it to the Sweet 16? No, the la- yeah, the last time they was in the Sweet 16, Sweet Sixteen, they, not only did they have to play into the tournament, but they also went on to the national championship. They didn't win it, but they went to the national championship. Uh, or was it the Final no, Four? Well, let me see. No, the last time they made the Final Four was 2013. And then the last time okay. they won that championship was, was was 2003. But I think when they went to the Final Four and played Michigan, I believe they were a either an eight seed or a ten seed. I have to look that up. I want to say they were okay. a ten seed. I know they played in, and I know they did very well last time. They they had to play into a game. They did it this year, and now they're in the Sweet 16 doing the same thing. That two three defense is sick. Ask a Michigan State fan about it; they know all too well about it. Ellis McGriff, last word. Any any shockers you taking away from the tournament? Anything standing out to you guys? Um, standing out to me would be just um, again uh, Michigan State' in, inability to advance and just the blatant shortcomings and blatant mishandling of that team with the talent they have. Um, that's you know it's, it's unfortunate, but it's it's really starting to become a trend. So it's 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 unfortunate that that's being labeled to Michigan State right now. Um, uh congratulations to, what was it, Liotta, um, Wolfpack, whatnot. Like, the run that they're on, uh, first time since, like, 1985, playing with just high energy, high intensity. That, that, that's a shocker as well. You always get one of those Cinderella stories, and it, it seems like uh, they've definitely taken on that, that feel for this year. Well, Griff, you got the last word? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, even though I call trash about Michigan State, like they were highly – Anticipated to be a favorite and at least make it to the final dance, and for them to go out that early uh, was definitely shocked And to see the entire state of Ohio uh, go down the way they did, like it's always, uh, <laughs> it's, just all, it's, it's, it's just always something to, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's like everybody's bracket has been busted this year. Everybody's bracket was busted the first round, so yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a good uh, it's been a good uh, March Madness this year. We watched the entire uh, West Coast get slaughtered, too, by the East Coast as well. Uh, That took place in this tournament, too. So, yeah. No, I hear you, McGriff. Thank you. (laughs) Just to clarify, Chris, uh, the year 2013 when Syracuse went to the Final Four, they were a fourth seed, sir, fourth seed.
0: Uh huh, okay. Mm, she don't play. How you in a sweat all day? All day, how you wax um, Hey, if she want it, she can get it, man. This bitch don't play. You know. She gon' drive up man crazy, man, crazy. Cause she gon' do up man shake man. Shady. She's such a bad lady, but that's the way she's I don't want to change her Damn I want to break her up Even like a stranger You better take that out I ain't playing no games But your games Mmm, it's dangerous You know that nobody ain't tame her Mmm, it's dangerous Seen it in the way she walked by fucking with a queen coma Better watch out, watch out Yeah, you know you better watch With a queen coma Better watch out, watch out Yeah, you know you better watch out, watch out Ooh, she real with it She gon' leave you lost in a minute Better listen if that ass is all talk. Yeah, she ain't trippin', she gon' walk that wall Baby, she gon' drive a man crazy, man crazy. Cause she gon' do a man shady, man shady. Like, She's such a bad lady, bad lady. But that's the way she is. I don't want to change her Damn, I want to break her mind. even like a stranger You better take that off. I ain't playing no games But your games mm, she dangerous And you won't let nobody entertain enough I can it's dangerous out it with you walk by fucking with a queen coma Better watch out, watch out Yeah, you know you better watch with a queen coma Better watch out, watch out Yeah, you know you better watch out, watch out It's dangerous Dangerous Better watch out, watch out Better watch out, watch out Watch out, watch out. Yeah, you, know you better watch out, watch out. Mm, it's dangerous. Uh, you don't nobody in the same enough. Uh, mm, it's dangerous. Yeah. See, it they don't want you all bathed with queen coma. Better watch out, so watch out. You know you better watch with the queen coma. Better watch out, watch out. You know you better watch out, watch out. Watch out.
1: There is never a dull moment here on Bloomstone
0: Studio. Because
1: all of a sudden, when things are going well, it just stopped going well. It's just, I don't know what else to say. Oh, I'm tired of paying these guys. We love it though. That's T Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Awkward moment there. Try to rebound very quickly. It's just a Rudy feeling tonight. Upset. All around the place. March Madness is happening. Michigan, Loyola, Chicago, moving on to the Elite Eight. we Got more games coming up. Kentucky, I believe, is is kicking off right now against Kansas State. Uh, do we have
0: another game coming up tonight?
1: Florida State and Gonzaga, and then tomorrow we got the rest of the games to round out
0: with the Elite Eight. C.
1: Davis, D. Ellis, A. Ryan, my man. TV, back. At, are you guys there? Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. All right, fantastic, man. Fantastic. Six four six. Six six eight two one eight two is the number. Let's get into some NBA, man. Uh, full court press. Um, I, I gotta ask this question about the Raptors, and I was thinking about you guys on the way to, on, on the way to work today, because I was prepared to come in here and say the Raptors are finally—they go to Cleveland, they go up fifteen points, they're dominating the Cavaliers. They're doing exactly what you should do on a back to back, and then all of a sudden, they collapse. And not only did they collapse, but they also lost the game. And the same narrative is there for the Toronto Raptors. In big game moments, they fail. And no matter how good they are in the regular season, they will somehow figure out how to lose it in the postseason. Do we – can we – what do we take away from that game last night? Do we say that Toronto is for real? Do we say that they have the ability, if it wasn't back-to-back – do we say that Cleveland is still the top dog? Because I don't believe that. But what, what's the takeaway? What do we say about the Toronto Raptors after what the, what happened last night? I'll say, I mean, <laughs> that LeBron still owns Toronto, that <laughs> it's the same thing we've been repeating over and over again the past couple of years. Anytime Toronto has does great things in the regular season, we always – counter that with well, what have they done in the postseason. I mean, yeah, it was, what, two well, two years ago or well, three years ago where they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, again, the Eastern, Con- the Eastern Conference has really been the most competitive conference. And then second, you know, they got they got their buzz kicked. I mean, LeBron has, what, matched up against Toronto twice since he's in, um, in his career with the Cavs. And he's won both of those meetings. One me, meet, I think he ended up. in, It was a sweep. I have to double check, but I mean, you just don't give up a lead like that. Well, not even, I'm not even gonna say give up a lead. You, just, you have to be able to close out games like that. And for for LeBron to just lead Cleveland back, it could be and it could be a mental thing with Toronto as well, man. At this stage, and where Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Is we can't we we, they 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 don't get that pass, and if and if they do, then we just gotta say that they're just not mentally they are just not mentally ready for the big for the big stage. Is these there? Did we lose them? Yeah, no, no, okay. I I mean, LeBron owns the Eastern Conference. Like it's. No matter no matter what, like it's until someone knocks him off, I, I can't change that narrative. Uh and that goes for Boston, that goes for the Wizards, that goes for uh Toronto. Um maybe it's a mental block, but there's been a lot of teams that had a mental a mental block with uh with LeBron as of late in regards to trying to figure out a way to dethrone him or, you know, knock him off and it just hasn't happened. So uh Toronto I think, yeah, it's are they narrowing the gap? I don't know. I, I can't even say they are, to be honest with you. Um they're having a good regular season. Uh they're showing that, you know, there is a, a level of consistency there throughout the regular season. Uh but they, you know, I I can't I can't bet on them when it comes to being able to produce uh the level of energy that's required to take that next step in the playoffs. And the crazy thing is I don't even wanna I don't even wanna down Toronto like that either because they have taken steps. They've won playoff series. It's just once you run into LeBron, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, um Barely, you can say barely all you want, but they have, you know. But once you run into LeBron, it's a brick wall. I mean, Chicago had that going on too, and Chicago, in my opinion, had a better team when D Rose was, you know, at the peak of his career, and you had a very sound defensive team. Uh, they could not get past uh, LeBron. Same thing with Indiana when Paul George was there, and they had a very solid team, could not get past LeBron. So, I, uh, you know, that that just continues to be that continues to be the case, man. LeBron is is. is He's he's the ultimate warrior right now in regards to you know his his age. not even being been a factor, and his efficiency is just is through the roof right now. So uh, I think that's a, that's just a dangerous situation for any team in the Eastern Conference. Let me ask let me ask this question. McGriff, jump in um, if if you can um, give this input. Back in early 2000, the, the Los Angeles Lakers dominated the Western Conference. Here comes here comes Portland, dominated them. <laughs> Here comes Sacramento, dominated them. Here comes the Spurs, dominated them. Here comes Phoenix, dominated them. Is this LeBron? I mean, like, is LeBron like that Lakers run in the early 2000s? I mean, mean, I'm only asking because LeBron did this in Miami and he did it here in Cleveland twice. So, I mean, can we just finally just say flat out LeBron James and everybody else? No, you can't. Um, and I say that nobody else has been to the Eastern Conference Finals in the in the last eight years, but LeBron. Well, when, when you I know when you say that though, I guess the difference between you saying that about L.A. and we saying that about LeBron is yeah, the Eastern Conference sucks. So, as much as it is about him, you know, being a dominant force, which he is, there's no denying that. I can't sit here and say that I can compare that to the Lakers' run because the Lakers were dominating everyone in the Western Conference. And everyone that came out the east to, to, to oppose them, you know, minus the Pistons that came in there and they put hands on them. But, you know, that we can say that about LeBron, but he like once he gets to that big stage and he has to play an elite level of competition out in that Western Conference, there there has been signs and, and gaps shown in regard to you know, his not I'm not gonna say his stats, but his ability to be able to have his team fully engaged, uh, to, to be able to pull off the, the championship. Um you can't say that about L.A. and their dominance. They dominated everyone, and when I, when I say dominate, swept everyone. And I know LeBron just came off of that last year. No, actually, no, they ended up dropping that game to Boston. Um, that was, but, like, one you know, game. They, <laughs> one yeah, game. well, yeah, I think it was it was two. I think they ended up losing two games. But I'm not football. talking about the I Lakers squad that went and swept. I'm not I'm not talking about the Lakers squad when they just swept through through the finals. That's not what I'm talking sure. about. I'm talking about the dominance that they had over the Western Conference. The Western Conference could not get past the LA Lakers, the Spurs, the the, the Trailblazers, okay. the Kings, okay, all those squads. They had squads and they could not beat the Lakers. They just could not do it. Because I guess LeBron had that they had squads. So the those, East like that. I yeah, I'm gonna say yes, but once again, I just the the East is just an incompetent like conference right now. Like when you when you say they had when LA had that dominance, these were elite teams. So Portland was an elite team. The Kings were an elite team. San Antonio was an elite team. This was an elite level of competition that they still dominated. You know, I, I, I still want to, for me, I put that in the category of his own versus LeBron pretty much dominating a mediocre level of competition. And then once he get to a level of competition, that's considered to be elite, he oftentimes will, will lose. And that's the championship to the Western conference. So, I, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, there there is a level of dominance that's there uh, for LeBron, and it's nothing we can take away from that uh, at all. But I I think that the talent that he's going up against it, it would it reflects his ability to be dominant. TV jump in there, man. What, I, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say it's it just I think it, yeah again it just depends on the level of dominance. I mean, yeah, LeBron is dominating. The Eastern Conference, but the end result is championships. And, you know, he's got one, I don't know what, the past, for three years or so. But then when you look at those Lakers teams, I mean, they were just, they were just, the early 2000 Lakers, they were just dominant. I mean, they were going through a gauntlet of, of great teams. As we mentioned, the Kings, uh, um, the Trailblazers, the Spurs. I mean, if you want to throw Portland in there, you probably can, but it's, it, it it was just it was just it's just a different type of dominance because at the end at the end of the day those those runs by those early, early two thousand Lakers were championships or even like the the mid or late two thousand runs were ended up in championships so it's 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 a dominant run from one perspective but overall it's about getting those championships and since LeBron's you know been back with Cleveland I mean it it has it hasn't been that that dominant at all. And then you got to look at the depth of those teams as well, too. I mean, with those Lakers, I mean, I mean, you had the Kobe, Shaq, Robert Horry. I mean, point guard player, Derek Fisher, uh, Rick Fox. I mean, you can go on and on. And then yeah. compared to what, what yeah. LeBron has, I mean, it's just him and Kevin Love. And then it's like it's everybody else, you know. So you are saying because LeBron couldn't seal the deal, is no comparison. He, he he doesn't. He he's not dominating the East, like the Lakers dominated the West, because of
0: that. I, I I, yeah, I will say that. They, I, mean, I, I yeah. will
1: say he, I mean, he's not really – I mean, is he really – the question that should be asked, is he really, is he dominating the league like those Lakers were? Well, the Lakers dominated the league because they they, they sealed the deal. They dominated now in their conference, but they, they took the chips. LeBron has been to the finals eight straight years in the Eastern Conference. There's not another team that represents the East but a LeBron James led team, whether it was Miami or Cleveland. I could, I could throw this right in there, Chris. This is why they're even talking about changing the format. Is because the East sucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that so also I hates. Mean, <laughs>
1: of course he hates that. Why, why would he want to change up the format when he clearly his his road to the championship is yeah. already set in stone before it started of the season. I, I, I mean, get, I that's get, where I'm coming from. You know, like. The level of play is—he's—I mean—it's just a whole different monster, man. Like he's, yes, I mean you—you you should be dominating, putting up a triple double every game. You know, going going what twelve or twelve four eight twelve twelve and zero before you get to the championship, you should be doing that in the Eastern Conference. And and I'm, I'm, he able bit. To. Yeah, Let, Let's let's, let's 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 switch gears and, and move to another team in the Eastern Conference. Um, our hometown heroes are 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games. They had a victory against the Phoenix Suns, for goodness sakes, and struggled in the first quarter against that game. I'm talking about the Detroit Pistons. The only reason why no, I bring Aubrey them Hill up, Pistons. gentlemen, is tell Auburn Hill Pistons. The reason why I bring them up is because I think we all can agree that Reggie Jackson, in our eyes, is not the point guard of this team. With the announcement of Trey Young coming into the league, and where he could potentially be drafted and where the Pistons could possibly trade and get, do the Pistons need that type of point guard on, their, on this team? It's evident that Stan Van Gundy needs to go. It's evident that they need a point guard. It's evident that this team just needs something. Is Trey Young that answer for this Pistons team? And if not, then what is? Another, I, other they lineman. just, they just, they just need, they just need, they just need solid point guard play. I don't know if, if this Trey Young kid would be be the answer. I mean, of course, he'll sell tickets, but I mean, it's it's just a combination of things with with the Pistons. I mean, I guess, and I think I said this before. I mean, what what is the Pistons' identity? I mean, are they, you know, I mean, what are they, what are they like? To, what's the thing offensive that we can say? Okay, that's the Pistons team or defensively that 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 reminds of the old Pistons team like what is this team's identity when it comes down to it man um, so i don't i don't know he he would be the answer but no i i agree with Reggie Jackson i think the experiment backfired uh, they had a chance to uh trade Andre Drummond they didn't do that they kept him i mean gave him that long term deal of course and now we got Blake Griffin i mean i wish we would have got him 5 or 6 years ago but it is what it is, but I just, I just don't get this Pistons team. I think this Stan Van Gundy thing needs to needs to change as soon as possible. I mean, him playing, you know, wearing both hats as the coach and and you know VP of Basketball Operations, it's just not working. Yeah, be honest with and Right thought. now, I mean, this, you and know. right now this team. Yeah, I was gonna it's say right now this team sits uh, five games outside of the eighth spot, man. I mean. Damn, <laughs> this is the first time I think in a long time where, when you look at the Eastern Conference standings, you can honestly say that in two more games, the the playoffs will be set. The the teams that need to be eliminated will be eliminated. The Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets will not make the playoffs at all. It's not going to happen. It's it's ridiculous. But but you – you and I were big critics of this this whole Blake Griffin experiment. We were like, this, this, this is ridiculous. They've gone on a, a run, I think a three-game, four-game win streak, and the other side of the panel was like, oh, yeah, this is this is great, and Blake Griffin told you it was going to work out. This has not worked out at all. So what needs to happen? Do they go get Trey Young? Uh-huh. Do they trade these players and start to get Young, or do Stan Van Gundy go, or do all of them? All, all of that. Stan Van Gundy has to <laughs> go along with <laughs> Jackson. That. Right. <laughs> Like I don't think we're gonna get Trey because we're we're not that terrible. Like Trey's gonna to go top five. I don't I don't see the Pistons being in the top five lottery. Um, so you don't so you don't trade to go and get them. Trade with who? Who wants to trade? What do the Pistons Pistons don't have any assets. Like what are they, what are they gonna trade? And then they're they're very know. mediocre. But on the flip side of them being as mediocre as they are, they're still kind of in the middle of a pack of mediocrity. So it's it's not as if we're getting a high draft pick, you know, and that continues to be, we always get, like, number 13, you know, number 12 or number 13. Some nobody we pick up that doesn't contribute to the team. I mean, that's just i mean, that's the—that's just, a, that's just what, what our franchise is right now. I mean, I, I get it. You bring in Blake Griffin. He's questionable health, but at least he's a, a, a big name. I don't even want to blame him, man. I blame uh, Van Gundy. I mean, Blake has – I'm not going to sleep on Blake, man. He's a 20-10 and 10 kind of guy. He's athletic and you know, if you got the right pieces, he's he you know, he, he will sell tickets and give you a solid performance. In my opinion, okay. they're underperforming and they're being outcoached, and we have no identity like T V says. And that's that's that so gunning. He has to go. So we we moved in, in McGriff's words, the Auburn Hill Pistons to Detroit to to just see Blake Griffin be a solid player and lead this team to three and seven in the last ten games. I mean, you can, you don't put this on Blake, man. That team sucked before he got here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm just... I, hey, you know, I'm just saying, I mean, but we, we we brought him here to make a difference. This well, we brought ready. him here he like a late. month ago, man. Like they, they were terrible back in October when the season started. Well, they actually, no, they were actually decent. They started off like... No, they were know, decent. 82. They they were terrible this year, January. Well, um, they, they started off... Yeah, exactly. Once 2018 kicked in, they were just like, all right, we're done playing basketball, but... I can't put that on Blake. I put it on Stan Van Gundy. I put it on him uh I put it on Reggie Jackson being a cancer to that team, whether he's on the court or not. Like it it's cancer. He he has to go. He has to go. Reggie has to go. We need a solid point guard. I don't think we'll get Trey, uh, because he's gonna he's gonna be off the board within the top five six. And Riff, I don't see what the pitchman falling into the top you? five. What, what so it sounds like we may have to get a solid to? point guard in the in the free in free agency, huh? If there's one available, right? If there's one sure. available, did you got you're married to this terrible Reggie Jackson, who's not worth anything. Yeah, your eighty eight mil contract. Who, who's going to take on that contract? Who wants Reggie Jackson? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. The Knicks will take him. The Knicks will take him. No, they won't. The Knicks are, yeah, they, uh, I think the Knicks might get the Knicks might get your boy Trey based off of them where they're falling right now. And I think they still already have some draft picks set up. And I think the I mean I think the Knicks are gonna be straight next year because they're they're already on a downward skid yet again this season and of course with uh, the unicorn going out. But I think low key they might try and bring in um Mark Jackson I think he might try to go after a, a trade and kinda of start to replicate what he did over there at Golden State for New York. That's just my thoughts. I can see that and happening. then and then Steve Kerr leaves. Golden State, and then goes to New York, and then wins a couple championships. Yeah, he'll uh, go. Mark, Mark get fired again, and then yeah, he'll go. No man, I, <laughs> I, Kirk, I think that uh, Mark Jackson's gonna get his gonna get his, his break and his opportunity to coach again. And I think it'll be in New York. So he's from that area. He has connections with that team. Hoiberg's out of there, and I think he'll have a solid foundation with the with this upcoming draft and with uh, Prozunis and Tim Hardaway kind of coming into their own. He, he might have he might have a solid a solid little team over there, man. To be able to put the right. games and he's in the East too. All you got to do is win about thirty-eight games, you're going to be like the number two seed.
0: Oh, shut up, McGriff! What is it going <laughs> to take
1: for you to go to a game at the Little Caesars Arena and root for these these Pistons? What, what is it going to take for you to say I'm a Pistons fan? Because this it ain't going to see right now. Wait, so I have to root for the Pistons, like the 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 team. Um, allegedly Detroit.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Um. Ooh. wow, oh, Wow. So, if uh someone was to provide me with tickets, uh, number one, because I'm not paying for them, um, give me some discretionary spending money so I can make sure I enjoy myself and can get intoxicated enough to okay uh, yep. roof the pissing. Uh. So. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll do it. So you need free tickets and pretty much free booze. Beverages. That's it. Yeah, and I, I might need some weed too, man. You know, just... Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. FT Sports Podcast, uh, you know, does not represent that man's thoughts, but hey, <laughs> they, are they that bad? They're thirty two and thirty nine though. Come on, fellas. It's the reason why the arena is not filling up, right? Well, I you actually snuck, did TV. read uh, uh, a new <laughs> story about that, and the Pistons have had quite a few sellout games this season.
0: It's just that really? with
1: all the yeah, listen. So it's just with all the amenities inside the new arena, all the restaurants and stuff, people would much rather um, sit in a comfortable place, like on a comfortable couch in one of the restaurants to watch the game instead of seating sitting in one of the uncomfortable stadium seats where you have to pay for water, you know? They want to be still be able to be sociable with the people that they're with and still be able to watch the game on giant T V and still have kind of that same atmosphere. So they're really enjoying the arena itself more than watching the game game live because I mean at the end of the day it's still business. So yeah. Interesting. I, I thought that the the seating is I, – I, it's not that comfortable as far as, like, the space in front of you, but I thought the chairs are actually pretty comfortable. That's interesting. I, I didn't think of it that way. Wow. Well, either way, the Pistons need to do something because this, this is bad. And it's its not like it's Orlando Magic bad. Like, we're not tanking. We're not 21-51 or, you know, Atlanta that, you know, wins a game here and there because somebody else did and they just want to keep their, their position to get the number one pick. It's just bad from the standpoint that we're losing against teams we shouldn't lose against, and it's how we're losing. Like, it's just bad. It's yeah. It's, it's it's. I'm actually looking forward to baseball season. Bad. Like that's bad. Pretty bad. No, oh, pretty bad. Tigers open day next week. Yep. Is it is it next week? Yes, yeah, next week. Wow. Wow. Next <laughs> next Thursday. Yes, sir. TV second holiday. Tigers. That's open right. Day. How many times have you been down there? Uh, This will be my fourth time.
0: It's a national holiday for you. a <laughs> yeah, lot of there. folks, man. Uh,
1: I've I've yet to go down there. I don't think i have had the opportunity to go this year. It sucks, but come on, Chris, come on man. Well, we'll we'll see if uh, my new boss will let me go. We'll 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 see. We'll 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 see. We will see. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Real fast, gentlemen, before we. I'll move on to the last topic of the night. Um, Ellis, you brought them up, so i just got to ask you this. You, you mentioned that the Boston Celtics, you can't take them serious. They're 48-23. They're doing it with three of their – honestly, three key cogs of their team is not there. Obviously, Hayward was going on season, but Kyrie's out with, their, with his knees. Brown is out as well. They've been doing it pretty depleted as well, six and four in their last ten games. I take Boston more serious than I do Toronto. Is that fair to say? Oh definitely fair to say, man. Uh hands down, they they have a better coach, uh, better better bench, better young talent. Um and yeah, uh, like you said, I, I am impressed with Boston, man. I cannot deny that. With um with Gordon Hayward going down, um Isaiah Thomas being shipped out. Uh at this point Kyrie having knee 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 concerns. Uh, They've they've been very consistent, and it's been very consistently done as far as being a a very much so a team team ball uh, team ball being played on that team. So like no hats off to to the job that Brad Stevens is doing in that overall team. Uh, Once again, they've managed to be a year or two in front of a year or two in front of progress. Like they're winning 50 plus games. They're they're developing their team. They're fun to watch and they they're doing it the right way as 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 LeBron while they kinda of wait for LeBron to, to start to decline. You know, they've made sure that they stay relevant uh in the in the midst of him still being in his, his dominance right now. So I, I see what they're doing. It, it's, it's ideal and they they've managed to, to stay afloat and stay relevant for sure. T V what's your thoughts on that? Boston, they've been doing it with with with, with players injured pretty much all season long. Uh, The narrative beforehand was can Kyrie lead this team? I think he's doing it even from the bench. Uh, Rozier has come about of his own. Uh, Honestly, could be potentially a a, a Chris Paul-ish type of point guard if he gets a starting position somewhere else. I think Boston has now gained uh, an opportunity to get a first-round draft pick for him if they decide to trade him to let him blossom in another team. But what do you think about this Boston team? Obviously, they're more serious than Toronto is. Can we say that they could dethrone Cleveland? I mean Cleveland obviously doesn't have the best LeBron team that he's had in eight years. Do they have a shot? Um, I think I think it's uh hard to say right now because again, you got an injury to another star player with Kyrie with his knee situation. But um I think it'll make it'll make a great series. Again, Brad Stevens has been known to be the guy that can um just get get the most out of his players, put his players in in, in great positions. Um, we saw that you know against against OKC how you know as so came back, and it was just a, a no a no quit attitude with this uh, team, and that is a reflection of their coach. But also, I mean, Jason Tatum, I mean, he's starting to he's starting to come into his own as well. I mean, just, it that was a great draft pick by Boston. Uh, it, I think it'll, it'll it'll make a great series against Cleveland, but uh. I think it still remains to it. It remains as to how will Kyrie be, you know, once he comes back from uh, from his from his knee uh, his knee injury. But uh, all right. no, I don't think anybody really expected this out of Boston. I mean, as I was stated, you know, win another, you know, win another fifty games, and you know, it just seemed like this team just is all is all, is always in the run to make a deep playoff run, and you know, hopefully they'll get over that jump, get over that hurdle to making the making the finals, but. uh I think he'll make a great series, but as far as him being able to beat a team that is Cleveland uh, or in LeBron's streak of making it to the finals, I think that just re- it, it remains to be seen. Fair enough. Fair enough. McGriff, um, do you have a thought on the Boston Celtics, sir? Um, They had a snowstorm the other day. <laughs> yes, they did. That was four, snor- four snowstorms in the last three weeks.
0: Yeah. And that's the
1: same. That's all I got to say about that. I'm hoping that it's done because I actually travel there in two weeks. So yeah. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that it's done too because I'm I'll be driving that way in uh, about two weeks as well. Oh
0: my gosh,
1: man! Well, we wait a minute. Uh-oh.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Yep, I was gonna ask you a question. <laughs> uh, uh, I, <laughs> He's like, "Oh, wait a minute,
1: hold up." <laughs> I was like. Well, because when I go on the fly to get Blue Man, I drive back. And I actually drive mm-hmm. back on the 7th. And okay. I forgot that he said he's coming back on the 9th. So that my bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. My bad. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. My, my bad. Um, Let's get to some rapid fire, gentlemen. <laughs> Um I got some questions <laughs> I want to ask, primarily NFL related. And the, the number one question that I have is Jason Pierre-Paul traded from the <laughs> Giants
0: to, <laughs>
1: to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: <laughs> there is something the that is
1: floating out there right now. If you don't understand <laughs> why we're laughing, you really need to go look for it. But um, was this good for the Giants or Tampa Bay? Who wins in this in this type of trade? Mm third awkward side. I would say, I would say, I would say the Giants, man. Um, it's like they're trying to, you know, pretty much, uh, turn, you know, make some changes. Well, they are making changes, but, um, I guess just, you know, revamp that defensive line. Um, just Pierre Paul, he's been the league for quite some time. And, you know, even with the situation that happened years ago, I mean, he's had somewhat, he's been somewhat productive, but, um, I think the Giants are demonstrate like Basically, it's, it's time to make some changes. So I think the Giants uh, come out as winners on this on this trade. What else? Uh I think that it worked out in favor of uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I I think that he, you know, he's going to be a fourth downer as far as uh, J.P. Pierre Paul, whatever. I um I don't know what I don't know what their thoughts were as far as the Giants as far as making that move. I don't know. I mean, their defense is still was stout and then. Offensively, they still have questions. So to get rid of a piece such as that, I'm not, I'm not really, not really too alert as to why that would be the case. regret Uh, yeah, I think um, anything that the Giants do is going to benefit them, and they're trying to get a hand deal on um, their defensive line. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> <I think>
0: that...
1: <laughs> I had to cough in the middle of that word, so it might have appeared that I put stress on a particular part. Yeah, that was, sure, uh, sure. That, sure, we'll go with that. That was unintentional. We'll go with that. that. was totally, right. totally unintentional. Right, um, right. But yeah, I think Tampa Bay got their point. The right. Yeah, the okay, well, uh, Chris, that's that's just uncalled for. That's wow. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, was, I was just straight, direct with mine, and you were just subliminally, you know, incorrect for a hot I mean, second. Like, come on. <laughs> Chris, when they go low, we go high, man. Um, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> whatever, man. Y'all silly. Man.
1: So, Johnny Manziel, I'm a different person.
0: He's channeling
1: his inner, um, gosh, what is his name again? Wide receiver from, from Cleveland. He's channeling that. He's rehabilitated. He's mentioned that his his wife is keeping him in check. His demons are corrected. Johnny Manziel had a had a workout today in front of some scouts. He wants back in the NFL, gentlemen. If you are a GM, oh, Josh do Gordon, you get Johnny Manziel. He's he he's, he's channeling his Josh Gordon, basically. Yes, yeah, he's challenging his Josh Gordon. If you are a GM, do you go and get Johnny Manziel? Do you add him to your roster? Not at all. No. No, no. Nah. He plays quarterback, man. He it's a higher, it's a higher level of expectations at that position, and he's shown no signs. He has he has had multiple opportunities to get his act together, and it's, it's failed miserably every time. At this point in time, it, yeah, it, 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 the skill set that's required to play that position, him being away for this amount of years, and the issues that continue to to loom around him, it, it's not worth the investment at all. If you want to add anything other than no?
0: <laughs> that, no there's there's nothing much now. to add. I mean, we
1: seen we seen we no. seen him in the league play. You know, seen him in the league play QB, and it it wasn't the greatest. Uh, great college player, but no. Nah. if you got anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, like you you've shown who you are, and as much as you, like how many times like. How many times people say they, they change and then they go do the same thing? Like, look at OJ. No. Oh, <laughs> <I wonder.
0: laughs> <I wonder. laughs> He said no. <laughs>
1: Can I say, by the way, that Fox I, – I didn't watch it because I, when I heard it, I, I, I almost threw up.
0: <laughs> when they
1: wanted to air that whole OJ thing of how he would have done – when I even heard that they was gonna come on TV, I, I, I really got sick to my stomach. Was I the only one? I
0: mean, we all
1: know OJ did it. Oh, so 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 spent <laughs> an hour of my life watching him actually confess on national TV. Yeah, I mean, like he's just, like we all he he has demons that will follow him for the rest of his days. Like it just needs to be dead. I think everybody's just grass-messed off for ratings. Like. Let, let, it, let it go. Uh, Johnny Cochran had one of the big, biggest wins in history. Not OJ, Johnny Cochran. Man. Interesting. Okay, next question. And Dominican Sue, we talked about last oh week, did not have a team interested. The very next day, the Rams, the Saints, and the Titans have all expressed interest. Three interesting landing points because the Titans could use some interior help. The Saints definitely will continue to bolster their defensive line. They added him to it, one of the best defenses in the league. And then the Rams, we already know what they have And Aaron Donald, and and and, the, and now their secondary, adding Adama Kinsu would be absolutely fantastic. So, looking at these three lineups, which one of those teams gets him? Um, I think the Rams. Think the Rams are going to make a play. Yeah, so the, Rams really for the Rams. Yeah, yep. the Rams. Yep. Are, yeah, their, their defense is is already bolstered, and I think that'll be an immediate, an immediate impact that can be made. And then they have the defense; they already have the actual um, the actual integrity in place already, as far as them making sure they'll hold each other accountable. So I think he can't come in on any BS. He's gonna have to come in and show that he's a, a strong defensive presence. So TV, that's two for the Rams. I guess what I should've said was that Tennessee had the number one running defense in all of the, of the NFL. Although they didn't play up to their caliber, they have one of the best defensive lines in the entire league. Adding a Dominican Sioux would be just as equal to that for the Rams on the AFC side than it would be on the NFC side. So where where would you see him going? Uh well since Tennessee already has has one of the best uh, run defense, um it'll probably he'll probably I would say the Rams. But one of the things about Dom Kinnisoo is he's a good run stopper. When it came to pass defense, you know, as far as him getting pressure on a QB, it's kind of that was a different story with his type of with his type of techniques. But uh, I can see him being with the Rams. But I think it's just a it's just a matter of the Rams making sure, you know, hey, that BSU the, the the BSU pulled in Detroit. In Miami, it's not going to fly here. So I think the tone needs to be set in that locker room if the Rams decide to sign him.
0: I think two
1: uh, seems to like larger markets too, uh, which is why he left Detroit. So of those three, it seems like the being out in L.A. may be, may be a better better situation for him. Fair enough. If he has, you right. know, if he has a choice in it. Okay.
0: Um but
1: it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard it's hard it's hard to believe that uh, he's going through this right now though. It is. It <laughs> is one of the most dominant defense I mean uh defensive tackles in the NFL, in yeah. NFL history. The but we went dominant. over stats. Well he 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 dominated for a very for for the majority of his career in the NFL. He did, but so as soon he left Detroit, I mean it, he became overrated. He, I, I think he cashed yeah. in on his paycheck and and went down there and then got
0: lazy. There? did yeah, he get did crazy. he get lazy did he get lazy or
1: just you know after, I mean again the the NFL is a catch up league so did the other teams or you know did they pretty much just figure it out his game and just say you know what we can make this guy a non factor when it matters most. Um, I, I think personally think Miami he got lazy. Is- Nah, no, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's it's hard. It's, it's hard, to, it's hard to, on the outside. It's hard just to say this player is just, is playing lazy, especially given a sport that's you know that's very dangerous, and at the in a matter of seconds your career can pretty much come to a screeching halt. TV, I think it's a uh, I think I'm, it's a combination of two things. I think from a standpoint of lazy, because we we've seen him here in Detroit, so I think we could say we could say that with a little bit of confidence that he he kind of kind of could take his foot off the gas a little bit and I think he did that a lot in Miami but I will say that he was not helped by the secondary in, in Miami either I mean if if he's going to put pressure on the quarterback or if they're going to double double team him the least those quarterbacks could do is take the wide receivers out of the play and they didn't do that they didn't help him at all they didn't help the defensive line at all so I, I think it's a mixture of both okay fair enough Two last questions that are not sports-related, gentlemen, because we are 10 minutes left and the lineup is done. Um, Movie question. Pacific Rim has a sequel coming out, and it is coming out Mm -hmm. this Friday. Um, what What is your expectations? Are you expecting a fantastic film? Are you expecting a good film? Or are you kind of going in open-minded because it could fly? Uh, I'm expecting
0: a. I'm expecting a good oh, film.
1: All right, go ahead, man. No, oh, my fault, man. Say, I'm expecting a good film. I, uh, John Boyega, I don't know. He hasn't really been in any bad ones. Um, I, I think you know this is another another step in the right direction for him uh, as far as the screenplay that he's getting. And uh, one of my friends, she actually reviews movies, and she said it was outstanding. And she she hates she hates sci fi movies, so I'm all in after that. All right. Uh, TV yeah, I mean. I,
0: Bullshit. Uh I
1: don't really have I don't really have much to say, man. I haven't seen I haven't seen the first one. Oh, what? what? That's not surprising. Yeah, I haven't seen the first one. I mean something I never really that's never really caught my interest, so okay. hopefully right. it's a good movie. But no, I haven't seen the first one. Alright, fair enough. But Griff Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Like I was uh I was pleasantly surprised by the first one, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here for it. All right, fair enough. Th- this question is is a loaded question because I feel like you guys are movie buffs, so you understand where I'm coming from with this. Deadpool released another trailer today, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. for his movie. The Avengers is coming out as well. Considering that Marvel has done a fantastic job and what they have done for the buildup of the Avengers, they have equally done the same for Deadpool. Which one of the two films will be number one? The Avengers? What do you mean the Avengers? The Avengers, the hands point. down. Or Deadpool. Oh, so you, so you, that will be better than Deadpool, too? Hands like, down. I, I, no, I, not even the question. You no, know, wait, wait. So you, add, you said which one will do will be better. You mean which one will do better in the box office, or which one will be a better film? I think right. which one will be a better
0: film? Because box
1: office, I think Avengers will do they're going to blow it out. There, there, there's going to be no competition for that mm-hmm. but as far as film is concerned
0: I, I still got to go with I still got to go with
1: the Avengers like there's a there's a a, a a far larger budget for the Avengers than there is for Deadpool, and I Black Panther is the only standalone film. That can hold its own that held its own against the Avengers. You know? Um and like we all love Deadpool. We know love we know Deadpool is gonna do awesome. I hope it's rated R again. Um so, it, definitely, I, is. it okay. definitely is. It definitely is. Okay, but I, 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 I think it's still for for what is the worst and all the build up that's happened, I think this uh I think this Avengers movie is gonna be great. Okay. I think uh, yeah, uh, Chris, kind of changes the direction of that question, but yeah, both films are going to be number one uh, at their respective times. Um, both films are going to be. I think it's going to be kind of a matter of opinion as far as what's considered to be better. Uh, Deadpool has a die-hard fan base, so, and I think them taking the rated R approach allows them to be a little bit be, a, be able to have that create creativity to really make it a, make it his own masterpiece. And uh, I think it's going to be the same thing with Avengers. The build-up the characters, the budget, like, it's just it's going to be huge for both of those movies. Uh, keep in mind, too, Deadpool is on the Sony side of things, so although it's Marvel, they're kind of still in their own their own playground, which is why, you know, they have more flexibility to make it radar and make the character maybe a little bit more aligned to what, you know, diehard comic b- uh, book buffs are looking for. So both films are going to do damage. Uh, both films are going to do, good, are going to do uh, both films are going to do are going to do great um, at the box office. I like Deadpool, but I've never been a big Deadpool fan. Um, I'm still trying to get trying to get caught up in all the you know most of the Deadpool series. So for me, um, I think the better film is going it's going to be Avengers. Fair enough. I think they all come out at the, around the same time. Avengers come out next month, and then Deadpool comes out in May, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm. May
1: 18th, yep. May 18th, so just a couple of weeks right after that, and then right after that, I believe is Ant-Man and Wasp. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, In October. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting time for, for, for Marvel overall. I just had to ask, because I saw the trailer today, and I honestly, I got chills watching The Avengers, but it was something about Deadpool when I watched that trailer. I was I, I got more excited about Deadpool than I did the Avengers, probably because it's rated R, probably because it just brings a different element to the movie that the Avengers just cannot bring. I think they all will be equal in success when they both come out, for sure. But I think the lasting and long, the longest lasting effect will probably be Deadpool for me because it's rated R. I think simply because it's rated R is going to be a better film. Now, what about Venom? Because Venom comes out in October. So, what's your guys' thoughts on Venom? Because I'm still shocked that Venom is in his own movie, which I I still don't understand why. I don't even know where to. I don't know, bro. I, I I don't have I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't have an answer because I don't even know what uh, I, the premise of movie's gonna be. I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I feel like it's kind of one of those situations similar to, for me, similar to an, uh, an Ant Man, a Guardians of the Galaxy. Doctor Strange, you know, like, relevant characters, but, like, I'm, like, I went in there with very low expectations and walked out just amazed at all three of those films, so I I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm hoping it has that same effect and that same narrative, and and Tom Hardy, I trust, the dude is just an awesome actor, I don't know, he's been in a lot of Christopher Nolan films, and I I just like what he does, so, you know, if they they have him, they they casted him to be the character, I don't know, I'm, I'm on board. But it's, a, but it's a bad guy, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm going right. to That's make him an, I mean, anti, an, an anti-hero, right? But he's a bad guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, and and get, maybe give me a little, little bit more uh, origin behind, you know, about, behind why he's such a significant character in, in the Spider-Man universe. I mean, I already know, but I, I want to see them give me a two-hour film depicting that. I, I, and I don't know. If, if Tom Hardy did it, I don't see him. I don't see this being a movie that's gonna gonna flop. I just that's just my own personal opinion. Like he he he's very selective in his in what movies he appears in. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what's gonna happen. But you know what? It would be nice if it was. It would be it would it would be cool if it was like Spider Man, and you know Spider Man versus Venom, where of course Venom's gonna be in. It, but you can but you can also gonna get a lot of a lot of a lot of camera time. Um, with Spider Man, but I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that Tom Holland Tom is going to have a small cameo in this movie, but again, it's about Venom, so it's just it makes it hard. But but you know what? And I know we we we're ch- we we're up a bit, but even like with Suicide Squad, like I didn't want to see it, but then you know I actually watched it, and of course and of course Batman had a small small cameo, but you know what? It was it was actually pretty good. I don't think Tom Holland's gonna be in there. TV. Um, this is another. This is another uh, movie that's up under that has rights and exclusive rights to uh, Sony. So I oh, so this, a, oh so, so this is so this is a Sony project. This is a Sony project, so I think it may be another ah. way to, uh, darker, darker version, darker, darker depiction.
0: So that's why I'm, gotcha. I'm kind
1: of curious what they're, what they're gonna do with it. I don't think you're gonna see Tom Holland in there though, based off of uh, con- contract rights. Gotcha. That makes sense. -hmm. Um, I just I'm I'm confused. I know that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna (laughs) take. Oh, I was gonna say. As far as Suicide Squad was concerned, I mean, it wasn't wasn't a one film. But y'all know how I feel about DC movies, anyway.
0: Um, I I just. Oh, we know.
1: (laughs) I'm just kind of confused on the origins of Venom. Everything I've known about Venom, unlike Suicide Squad. He is a bad guy through and throughout. I mean, he was obsessed with Spider-Man. He was obsessed with with everything going wrong. And the only time he went good is when he had a moment with Spider-Man fighting Carnage. So, I not to get all nerd on everybody, but I don't see where that would be a good film. I, I, that's just me. I don't know. But you know what would help? If you, if you read the comic, like I started reading, before Black Panther came out, I started reading the Black Panther series. And... The movie, the movie was great, but it's so much, it's so much more in the comic book series where you're like, well, damn, why couldn't they add this part of the movie, or why couldn't they add this part of the movie? And it's gonna, it's gonna be like that once you read like the Venom series. I think I'll probably start doing that maybe next month because right now I'm reading the Infinity series, and the Infinity series is just, it's amazing, and you're, you're hoping that, man, based on what I, I'm hoping based on what I've been reading, especially about Thanos, I mean. I, I hope that I hope it's close enough of, of a reflection of how Thanos is portrayed in the comic books. Wow. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Shifting gears for a second in these last two minutes, I just saw that another Power Rangers uh, uh, trailer just popped up.
0: Oh, really? Um, I haven't watched
1: it yet. Uh, I'm going to watch it as soon as the show is over. But it looks like the original Green Ranger. Mr. Tommy himself, uh-huh. I don't know his real name, is in the film. So what's the name of this new movie? Is it going to be called Power Rangers 2 or what? Uh, I don't know yet. I, I gotta, I'm going to watch the the uh, the trailer as soon as the show is over with. But I think the trailer just got posted today. I got to see the other one, man. I haven't seen the other one yet. The first one was actually pretty good. First thing, it <laughs> did it on our TV. <laughs> the first one, like, definitely brought back the nostalgia. Okay, I I, I got to see this trailer. Like, I, I'm excited now. I got to pull it up. Um, if it's one. good, i, was, I, yeah, I was was able will pivot post. and kind of awesome. We we kind of was able to pivot and go everywhere around here, so it was, it was kind of cool. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Call in every single week uh, here, at FT Sports Podcast, every Thursday nine PM here on Blaw Talk Radio. You can find us on Twitter, Fan Talk Sports. You can find us on Facebook, FT Sports Podcast. You can go to our our website as well, www.ftsportspodcast.com. Send us a like, send us a tweet, let us know what you think, and we'll continue to bring uh, good shows every single week. We're heading to the NBA season. we got MLB kicking off next week. TV won't be here. I'm sure you'll be having a good time somewhere in downtown Detroit. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know who this will be.
0: I, I'll be here. I, I
1: can't. I- I can't guarantee uh, I'll, I'll be around Yeah,
0: We'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah, hold
1: uh, we'll hold it down to your absence, TV. McGriff. will we have you next week as well, sir, or?
0: Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, dude. you'll get me a b l next week for sure. I guess I'm a solo act next week. Uh, (laughs) Have a good week. (laughs) See you in two weeks then. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.